Welcome everybody to the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I am back this week. I spent last week in Iceland, so you had um, our wonderful co-worker Ben as, uh, you know, filling in for my slot with our regular co-hosts Haley and Miguel. I'm excited to have an episode with the three of us, you know. For some reason it feels like it's been a while, even though I don't think that's actually true. Yeah, happy to be with you. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. I just feel like it's been a bit. I also think that whenever you go on vacation, like time stretches. And so even though you're anywhere a week, it feels like you're away for like a whole month because, you know, everything moved on at work while you were away. But also it feels like it flies by so fast. Yep. So it's very confusing. Yeah, very confusing. Highly recommend doing it anyway, though. So, you know. The ferocity of my jealousy makes it yeah. feel like it's a lot longer. I'm like, <laughs> when's Charlie coming back? She's in Iceland. Get it. Get back to yeah. work. She's probably <laughs> swimming in some abandoned pool somewhere, you know, something really <laughs> The literal cool. thing that I did. Yep. <laughs> Looking at waterfalls, things like that. Today, though, we're going to talk about something I did earlier on this year, and that is start a second YouTube channel. So... As a quick recap for anyone new who is listening, I have had a YouTube channel for, I think, about eight years, and I've grown up to 2,203,000 2, subscribers in that time. So it's been like a slow growth, but you know, that's quite a sizable audience. And several months ago, I decided to start a second YouTube channel to split off a portion of my content. And um, yeah, I don't know. There might be people out there who think, why would you start another one when you already have one that's got all these people? Why start a game from scratch, you know? And so we're going to talk about that today, about the why behind it, how to try and get as much of your audience as possible over from one to another when you start a new project. We'll talk about YouTube specifically, but I guess it could apply to, in general, creators like starting a new project after already having built an audience somewhere else, you know? But yeah. Thank you for giving me the platform to talk about this today, you two, because I feel like it's been an interesting experience and I have learned a lot. <laughs> oh, well, Charlie, why don't you kick us off? Why do you start a second YouTube channel? <laughs> okay, backstory. I have this podcast series called Inside Marketing Design. Quick plug, insidemarketingdesign.co, season two is happening right now. I ran this <laughs> last year and I uploaded the episodes to my main YouTube channel because it's like me making the content and made sense for me to put it in one place, right? I found that my, first of all, those videos didn't get as many views as my regular like vlogs and, you know, other videos did. And also the YouTube algorithm, I feel like I confused it by suddenly uploading content <laughs> that was a very different format, a very different length. Like these episodes mm. were like 45 minutes long compared to the like 10 minute videos I was making. And that all of a sudden it was like, I don't know. I felt like my whole channel took a while to recover after the season ended, but my views on my more regular videos will then lower as well, which I was like, damn, this sucks because I feel like this content is really great. Like I believe in it, you know? I had some advice from Roberto Blake. I'll definitely plug him. He has a lot of really useful advice for YouTubers. You just search Roberto Blake on YouTube and you'll find him. He was like, I think you should put this content on a second channel because it is such a different format. It's like its own brand. And like in doing that, you might have a better chance in the YouTube algorithm to keep it separate. And also it could be a very different audience, right? People wanting to watch these their interviews with uh, designers who work at other tech companies about the behind the scenes of their work. There might be a different audience for that compared to someone wanting to just watch me hang out in my office with my cats and do my work, you know, like that's kind of very different content. So it made sense to me to put it on a separate channel. And so that is the why behind why I did it. <laughs> a question that someone might have that someone might be me, but I think <laughs> someone else might have this question. Okay. So 
Here we go. I know that YouTube has the ability to kind of segment things within YouTube. So you can have different playlists mm -hmm. and you can have sort of like subsections of your work there. So why would you take the extreme of starting an entirely different channel instead of maybe the you thinking, oh, the overarching thing is this is Charlie and these mm -hmm. are the different things that Charlie does. And here are the different playlists of the things that I do. You know, go down the rabbit hole that you prefer, choose your own adventure. Why? Why? What's the main benefit of completely separating? Because you kind of benefit from the fact that you're using your current audience to do this other thing, right? Instead mm. of starting all over. So you're kind of taking a hit there as far as like possible eyes in front of your work, right? Yep. That's a really good point. I think that doing that, like you said, having it in a playlist on the channel, that can solve the problem of there being different audiences. You know, that makes it easy for the audience who likes the interview content to find that on my channel, but it doesn't solve the problem of the YouTube algorithm. And like, as I'm talking about this, please listeners take all of this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying this is the only way to go about it. If you want to do a different type of content, I just know that from my experience, the YouTube algorithm stopped recommending me as much. And like my previous videos weren't getting as many views once I was starting mm. to put out this interview mm. content. And so that's why the why, like a different playlist couldn't solve that basically, unfortunately. I see. Yeah. As far as the YouTube algorithm goes specifically, I mean, is this all trial and error, right? Is there somewhere where it says? I guess so. But that's the real unfortunate thing here, right? Because it is. realistically, there are so many creators that are really diverse in the type of things that they do. So having like one persona, one YouTube channel, but all the different things that they do doesn't seem like it should be something. I guess I don't understand why YouTube is doing this. I don't understand yeah. what the benefit is. Come on, YouTube. Right? Because <laughs> I think I think for us, our mission, we always talk about this is supporting creators, right? So like, it doesn't feel like it's, I don't understand it. So I don't understand the, the value of that it brings to YouTube, I guess, other than just more channels. Yeah. And that's the thing for the YouTube algorithm is it's like, it is a, a bit of a black box in that you don't know for sure. Like I could have made a huge freaking mistake by putting this stuff on a different channel. Right. And I guess I will never really know if I did the right thing <laughs> or not, like truly, but yeah, I don't know. So far, I feel like I'm happy with my decision, but it's definitely, it was definitely not an easy one to make. And like, yeah. as the episodes have been going live for the new series and they get like a few hundred views in the first few days compared to a few thousand that I might get on my main channel, but that I definitely didn't get last year when I uploaded the interview series there. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Nathan and I were actually talking about this yesterday. We went to, we were at a coffee shop having a remote work, I don't know, like work with coworkers kind of, not even that. I don't even, it was more of like a Nathan goes to this coffee shop on Tuesdays. And, and then you followed him. Yeah. And I went too. So, you know, but for his podcast, he has, I want to say two different YouTube channels for each of them. One of them is like the full episodes. And then the other one he has set up as only the clips. Mm. But we were talking about how the one with the clips has almost no views, virtually never see views. And so it's really interesting to think about kind of what you were just saying is, is you're looking at these videos and you're used to being a prolific creator that's getting thousands of views on your videos and you're seeing zero, <laughs> zero views, 10 views, a hundred views, you know, a small number yeah, yeah, comparing yeah. it to your, obviously your larger, larger audience. But I asked him why I think it was Sean McCabe that recommended do that. And I didn't get an answer for that either. So <laughs> the algorithm is probably a similar response there, you know, that is probably why. But that's actually from the same content. Yeah. It's his podcast and he has full length episodes as one channel and then he has clips as a totally separate channel. Yeah. And I think it's because the 
format is so different. You know, like the type of person who just wants to watch like a 30 second, one minute snippet of advice might be different from a person wanting to watch the longer. Yeah, I don't know. I personally have been doing clips for my interview series and I have been uploading them to the same channel. So now I'm like, oh shit, have I screwed up there again? (laughs) But I feel happy with this approach so far because my hope is that if someone sees the short, the YouTube short, then they might get interested in seeing the full episode and then it's easy to access because it's on the same channel, if that makes sense. And Charlie, I imagine that you are cross-promoting and telling your audience, hey, by the way, I'm doing this other thing. So I guess two questions. One, are you doing that? I mean, I imagine that you are. And two, is there a way that you would recommend doing that? That is, you know, like not quite as, Mm. you don't want to seem annoying or you don't want to like, you don't want to harp on it too much. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, how do you do that in a like non-annoying way to your audience that you're cross-promoting? This other thing that you're doing that you're not here for this, but hey, go check this out. Okay, so... When I created this channel, there's a thing that YouTube does where you have to have, I believe it's 100 subscribers and the channel has to have existed for like a certain number of days before you can claim a URL. And so what I did was I sort of like invited my audience to to help me out on this like channel transition thing, you know? So many months before the second season actually launched, I, on Twitter, was saying, hey, I'm moving inside marketing design to its own channel. Please go and subscribe if you like the content. And if I get to 100, then I get to set the URL. You know, like I actually said that. And yeah, people, maybe it was too, I don't know, I can't remember what it is. Whatever it is, I got to it fairly quickly because I made that ask, right? And because my audience knew why I was asking and they like wanted to support me in um, being able to make that transition. So that was really good. As a side note, I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes that creators don't do is make explicit asks yeah. and quite honestly, be transparent behind why mm-hmm. they're doing it. So I just let take that as a lesson that that works really well is when you, you know, I, I was thinking about it in the format of deliverability, when you ask somebody to do something and then you give them the transparent reason why you're doing that, whether that's like to whitelist, right? You know, the email address or whatever that is. Um, but sometimes making that explicit ask, people are happy to help because they want to support you in doing that. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. So where we're at right now is I've launched four episodes so far of the latest season on the new channel. The channel has 922 subscribers, something like that. So obviously like way less than the 203,000 on the other channel, but the videos are like the difference in in the numbers between views on the main channel and views on the um, separate channel are not as different as I was expecting, which is really good. So for example, the currently the like most watched episode on YouTube, um, the second YouTube channel has 807 views. And that was the episode from a couple of weeks ago. So it's had like a couple of weeks. But if I look at last year's season, they had all like around 2000 views, I would say was about the average for an episode to have. So I'm like almost 50% there in just a couple of weeks. And those episodes were up for a whole year, you know? So that gives me confidence that I feel like it went well. And that making the ask of like telling people on Twitter and also via email, I send an email out to people saying the same thing, like subscribe to this channel if you like inside marketing design, means that the subscribers on that channel, although there are very few of them, they are the people who are actually fans of that content specifically, which was the goal, right? To have the people who are fans of that on over there. I feel like I went off on a tangent, didn't answer your question, Miguel. (laughs) Was there... (laughs) 
anything else that you want me to answer? <laughs> no, I don't even remember what my question was. I'm just kidding. Oh, great. I see that Lauren's <laughs> asked a question here in the chat. Lauren says, have you ever thought about taking snippets of the podcast when it launches and put those on the main channel as a way to let people know the new one is available? This is a good point. So I think I can do more basically to try and be getting people over from this main audience to the, to the separate side project. What I have been doing is for each episode, I've been making kind of like a companion video on my main channel where I take a clip from the episode and I sort of put some context around it. So for example, I'm trying to like remember what the latest one was. Oh yeah, I interviewed one of the designers at Stripe, you know Stripe, we use Stripe at ConvertKit, about how they get their web design stuff done. And Stripe is well known for creating designs that then get copied across the internet. Like they set the design trends essentially. So I took a clip from that interview with Tatiana from Stripe and I talked about design trends. And then I sort of was like, this is what Tatiana had to say. And then like rolled the clip, you know, and made it like sort of like less than 10 minute video. So that's what I've been doing so far to try and get people from the main audience over. But it is like a bigger leap, right? To watch one video and then click through to watch another one. So I think I should do a Lauren suggested and like just, I don't know, maybe make a community post putting a link to the the new video or something like that. But yeah, that is the goal to get people from the main channel over to the second one. Are you plugging it in your current, like in your other videos still, or like your videos, your other playlists, your other content? Are you still asking people to move over? I have not uploaded any other content so far. Like so far, like since the season two launched, I have just Mm. been uploading these um, sort of like, I'm calling them trailers in a way, but really they are their own separate video with a clip embedded in them. That's the only content I've been uploading. I mean, more on your like your, how do I feel about design trends videos, right? Like Mm -hmm. anything else, are you plugging that content? Are you plugging your um, inside marketing design still in that content? Yes, that content, the purpose of it is to plug inside marketing design, essentially. I would say that also I aim to make them valuable on their own if you only want to watch that. But the purpose is, like I mentioned it at the start, that this comes from a full interview. You can click here to watch it. And then at the end, I like have it on the screen and I'm like, click here to go watch the full episode. So I am Mm -hmm. trying to get people over from it. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have for creators with an existing audience as far as like starting a new channel? Mm. If you're trying to narrow it down into kind of like three takeaways on whether or not they should do it, you know, how do you put together that decision tree? Yep. Okay. First of all, know your reasons maybe for why you're starting a second channel. I think be sure that you've tried what you can to make it work on the main channel first because it is hard to like start from scratch. Like it's kind of depressing, honestly, to open up a channel that gets has zero subscribers compared to one that has multiple thousands. I don't know. It just feels weird as a creator, to be honest. And no numbers shouldn't matter in that way, but it just does. So be sure you know why you're doing it. Ask your audience to head on over to it. Tell them about it wherever you can, because if you say it once, doesn't mean that every single person in your audience saw it right? I have done many tweets. I've mentioned it in multiple emails. I've mentioned it in Instagram on stories. I did a community post on the main YouTube channel, you know, trying all these things and like more and more come over each time. I've found that since the new content has been going out, it's getting more subscribers, if that makes sense, which is understandable because like now they're seeing fresh new content Mm -hmm. as a reason to subscribe. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like don't be afraid of asking more than once, essentially. I think that if you're going to have a second channel, it should be a very clearly different content format to what's going on your main channel so that there is that reason to be doing it. And that's going to be clear to your audience as well, right? Like it can't just be clear to you. It has to be clear to your Mm -hmm. audience why it's separate. So my second channel has its own brand. It's still using all my colors, like my purple and things like that. (laughs) That's so signature. You could not use it. 
Imagine if I did something and it wasn't purple. That would just be I weird. Know. <laughs> yeah, that couldn't be Charlie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks like her, but the color is red and she doesn't use Ooh, red. Never. So. <laughs> yeah. Only for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was three takeaways specifically, but those are the main things I would say to look out for is the, the reason for doing it, having it look and feel different, making the ask. And also just like being prepared for it to feel disappointing when you launch something. And like, if I'm looking in my analytics right now, YouTube does this thing where it shows how the, your latest video is performing compared to others. And it's showing me that this latest clip I've published is like doing best out of the last 10 videos. And what's best is that it's had like 43 views since it was published a couple of hours ago. And that on my main channel is like, would be at least several hundred you know, in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared for that difference and like try not to judge one against the other. Lauren's got a follow-up question here. She's asking, what's your thought on separating a personal account from a business account? Because, you know, professionalism. In quote marks, I love it, yeah. <laughs> in quotations, yeah. When you may talk about similar things on both, I never know what to do. Hmm. Mm. Feel like this may, might again come down to the, who's the audience for each? Like, is the audience for both of those things different? Like on the personal account, are they just there for Lauren? And on the business account, they're there to like learn something or I don't know. Or is it purely just professionalism that you're wanting to make the split? Because I don't feel like that's a good reason these days. Yeah. This question really, I mean, can transpire across all different social platforms though, right? I mean, you think about somebody like- Oh yeah, like, totally. Separate Instagram, separate Twitters. Yeah. I'm thinking about somebody like Alexis, for example, right? She's everybody on here. Mm -hmm. I would assume if you've been watched for a while, we've referenced the name Alexis before she used to work with us. Now she's a life coach kind of a life coach, right? That's what she, that's yeah. what she yeah, describes yeah. herself as. But she also has, she does a lot of different things, but her main account is Alexis Teichmiller, like her Instagram account, I guess. And she does all things on that. So she talks about everything from like body positivity to coaching clients to, she just kind of covers the gamut. So, but I think that's a good question because I don't really know the answer to that for me. I mean, I know that I, it's, it's, yeah, I have just one account, like one Instagram account, and I certainly post work things on there, but I also choose not to post certain things on there because I post a lot of work and professional things on my personal account. And a lot of people follow me on my private account, my account because of work. So there's a lot of things that I do not share on there intentionally for that reason. You know what, Haley? I think we're getting into the territory of just talking about like, what should you make very public online in general, you know? Like posting personal stuff, you need to understand that the internet is the internet and like literally anybody can see it. And even if you delete something, doesn't mean it's gone. And also something you post could <laughs> blow up at any time, right? Like you have to be prepared and know that at any time you could have hundreds of thousands of people suddenly seeing your profile. That could happen. It's rare and unlikely. Or your emails. Yep. <laughs> well, I, you know. well, I was just thinking for those of us that are in the States and I'm, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but the football coach that just got let go yeah. from the Rams, the Rams, whatever. I mean, you're asking the wrong person. I know. Yeah. Sorry. Miguel? No. Maybe even a worse person to ask than okay. Charlie. Nobody yeah. else follows sports here? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Either way. My point is, is that you're accurate and that nothing on the internet <laughs> This effort deleted is gone. Yeah. I feel like I see a lot of the personal and professional merging online as companies become more open to things being done in different ways and embracing diversity and thought and, you know, that there's different ways to solve a problem. There's not just one way to be a professional, right? 
So maybe that means that people like Lauren asking about this don't have to worry quite so much anymore. And it sort of just comes down to what you feel comfortable with doing. Yeah. You know, speaking about the multiple accounts, when you think of like physical places, for example, like there's a, a, co a coffee, a local coffee, quote unquote, chain here where I live, but it's all local mom and pop place. But they have like their name is Bandit, Bandit Coffee. So they have a Bandit Coffee account, which is like all the different coffees and like the general stuff that they're doing. But then each individual location will have its own mm. Instagram. So it'll be like Bandit Tampa bandit st petersburg and then so each individual store can kind of like take on its own persona of the you know the, the mothership which is all of bandit coffee but you know they're they're doing content that's relative to their store and their community so you could kind of take that model and sort of think about as a creator if you're trying to create little subsections on different things that you like because people are complex and they have many different ideas and many different things that they want to do. And like you said, Charlie, you can create content that has a, you know, maybe they're all purple, you know, <laughs> but they kind of have their different personalities yeah, different purpose. and they serve the community for that. So you can kind of take that idea and sort of run with it when you're trying to do something different and create a slightly different brand. That's a really great way to think about it. I think Miguel, like even as a metaphor of thinking that someone is probably going to, if they're following a coffee shop, it's probably want to, they want to see the stuff relevant to their local one. They don't want to know about events mm -hmm. going on at a coffee shop that's like another state over that they can't yeah. go to. Like that way mm -hmm. they're curating their feed so that they're just seeing the stuff that's relevant to them. And it, it's like that if you think of your different content as physical locations, you know, like is someone coming to Inside Marketing Design is ready to sit and like listen to an episode for 50 minutes. Very different from the person who just wants to put a vlog on in the background while they're making their breakfast for the day and like <laughs> just hang out and see my cats and, you know, be much more entertained, I guess, than, than educated. So yeah, I like that way of thinking about it. I saw Teddy had a good question here. Do you think there are a lot of creators who start a second channel or a third Instagram account too early? <laughs> too early. But then he added and he said, like they have a thousand subscribers, then start another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I think the reason I didn't start a separate channel last year is because I did have less, like lesser subscribers than I do now. And maybe I had a bit of like a scarcity mindset of thinking like, no, I've got to like grasp onto these like 150,000, whatever I had with all my might and like use them for everything I have. Now I feel like I understand that it's okay if some people don't want to watch everything and if they're going to be interested in different stuff that you do. I think a few years ago, a lot of smaller creators started second channels way too early because there was a trend in the like famous YouTube creators to have a main channel and then a vlog channel. So in their main channel, they would make videos like sitting down in their room with a pretty background, talking to the camera. Mm. And then on their vlog channel, it would be like, oh, this is my daily life. So they had a main channel and a vlog channel for that. And I think a lot of other smaller creators just starting saw that and thought that was the thing to do. So did that as well. But then you're like essentially trying to grow two channels from the ground up. So I think you do want to like make sure you've got one handled before you add another one onto your plate, just like in terms of the workload even and the paying attention to the comments and, and all of that, like put all your energy into getting momentum with one channel before you think about starting another one. And like, I don't know about a third Instagram account. I've just got one of those. So yeah, I will say that. <laughs> and that is plenty. Yeah, and that is yeah. plenty. Yeah. What are you saying, Miguel? <laughs> you think, are you saying I'm posting too much? <laughs> No, no, I'm saying that having one account for myself is plenty for me. I was like, yeah, Miguel, do you Instagram? You know, I mean, every once in a while, my dog does something cute. So, you know, <laughs> that's got to be shared. <laughs> yeah. I got to put it somewhere. Yeah. But that's about the only thing I do on on social media. I just posted for the very first time, like 
Well, I guess like I've made like three recent posts in the last like month posts. I story every once in a while, but I looked back and I was like, wow, I was like, I haven't like posted something in like six months, you know? We don't post anymore, huh? <laughs> no, everybody's it's stories. stories. We want our content to disappear after 24 hours. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, I was thinking about like differentiating the types of content that you do. And um, I, I never really thought of it this way, but when I consume video, it's so different depending on on what it is that I want to watch mm-hmm. and how much time that I have. So I've noticed that YouTube is where I go when I want to watch short things, shorter things. Yep. You know, if I'm going to sit down and like have a TV session, then, you know, I'll sit in my living room and, you know, use Netflix or whatever. So, but there's also like certain, there are certain creators on YouTube that I gravitate to because of the length of their format and what it tends to be. So when I'm like, I got 10 minutes to scarf down lunch before I have another meeting, but I want to watch something while I do it. There's usually a specific few people that I'm going to gravitate towards because mm. I'm like, they usually do five minute clips. It's perfect. Because I don't want to get sucked into something and then have to stop it and then like continue later or maybe not finish it. So becoming known for a length of the type of content that you do, I feel is something that like subconsciously mm. I do. And I was wondering if anyone else here does that. That's interesting. I feel like that's what Haley was talking about that Nathan's done, right? On Sean's advice with his content in knowing that if people want something short, they can go to the Clips channel. If they want something long, they go to the main one. I feel like personally, I tend to go for the type of content rather than the length when I'm thinking about my own viewing experience. That's probably why I've done this too, having my clips and the full podcast episodes on the same channel, because I feel like it's about what is the content itself? Like what is the purpose of it? But that makes a lot of sense to me, Miguel. And I think that's a, a way probably other creators could do things. I think everybody also uses short form content though, to accomplish different things. Like for me, Mm -hmm. I'm using, and Charlie, like you were saying on your channel is I use clips for creator sessions to get people interested in watching the full length episode, right? Like I'm, I'm pulling a very small clip out of it to say like, this is what creator sessions is really about. This is a bite-sized, super consumable piece of content. It's between 60 seconds and three minutes. But if you want more, because this is so fucking good, go watch the full episode, right? Like that's- And Haley wins the (laughs) F-bomb prize for this episode. (laughs) That's the value of it to me. But I think everybody has different, you have to evaluate what the purpose of your short form content actually actually is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that um, Ben and and Rock, is your name Rock? Roxy3D is talking about like how YouTube themselves need to make this better for creators to have multiple channels. Like Ben suggested Mm -hmm. something where- um, if you subscribe to one of my channels, there's like, oh, and this is the other ways you can follow her with some check boxes where you can just subscribe straight away. That sounds great. YouTube, if you're listening, please make that a product feature. I would very much enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will keep you updated as to how this, like like you said, Haley, it is, it is still kind of an experiment. I'll keep you all updated as to how, how it keeps going. But so far it's looking good and I hope that it will continue. Curious though, do you, Charlie, do you have a timeline of like evaluating it or goals centered around different time? Like, no, I feel like I'm pretty committed to this second channel now. I'm like, something would have to go terribly wrong for me to be like, okay, well now I'm putting it all back again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I'm just going to like make it work, whatever. And I'm trying to, in general, Mm -hmm. have the approach of maybe decentralizing a bit my content in that this podcast, for example, people can watch it on YouTube. They could go to the website inside marketingdesign.co. They could get it in their podcast app if they want. And that is like 
you know, a totally different format to just listen to the audio. And obviously downloads there don't count towards the YouTube view count. So I'm just trying to like embrace that and take the approach of like, let the people find the content wherever it suits them best. And I will try my best to get it in front of the right people. However, that needs to happen. I love that. I think the only other question I have for you, Charlie, is I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody maybe considering this or mm-hmm. that has considered this in the past. And is this something that is a a lot more time consuming to do it this way? Or is it just logistically in a different place, but maybe about the same amount of work or what sort of sacrifice goes into doing it this way mm. as opposed to having it all in one place is what I'm trying to get at, I guess. Yeah, I guess the like time it takes to upload a video or whatever is the same on from one channel to another. Mm-hmm. But what you're losing in having two channels is that when you're fueling and like pushing promotion towards a video on one channel, it's not necessarily helping the other, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's like the time consuming part is like, I have to put energy into fueling both channels and like promoting both channels because one doesn't automatically leave the other. There's obviously things I'm doing to try and make that yeah. connection. And, um, you know, I have them both linked on on all the, ch- all the places or whatever, but that's the reality of it. Maybe I would say, I wouldn't recommend people even start thinking about this unless their content is very different, like a completely different niche, or they have like over a hundred thousand subscribers already. I think under that, you're better to put all your fuel into the one place to like fan the flames and keep the fire going. That is my stake in the ground. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really good advice. I like that. Thanks for, yeah, indulging me and talking about this. I love honestly like doing experiments and things like this and then coming and reporting back. I think it's super fun. So I think in three months, six months, you know, consistently throughout multiple episodes, but we can continue to check in and see actually how it's going. Yeah. I think Issa made the comment. She was like, oh, I love on your part. It's like, I'm watching specific things about each one of your businesses, you know, and you can yeah. go back and check back on it. So I think it's a, it's great. Yep. And it's important we keep doing that as well. Maybe a shout out to any listeners. Like if you've ever got questions about anything that we're working on, we always want to hear about it, even if it's not to do with the topic of today's episode or anything like that please always feel free thanks for listening everyone should we sign off and and let the people go back to their days all right bye friends take care (laughs) and we'll see you all next time (laughs) (laughs) bye thanks for listening to this episode of the future belongs to creators if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.